Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the So Weird Podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Melissa. And I'm Jimmy. And this time we are discussing Season 3, Episode 15, Grave Mistake. Yeah, and you know, this is an episode where I just cannot decide if I like it or not. It's a very weird one. I really like this episode. I thought it had a lot of funny quirks about it and one-liners, and I love their facial expressions in the episode. I don't know, I have a bunch of funny stuff I want to point out. Is one of my preferred episodes from season three. I think part of it might have to do with this being one of the episodes that I'd recorded when So Weird was still on the air. I recorded it when it was airing at like two in the morning one night. So I've watched it so many times, but this is one that never gets old for me, and I still enjoy it to this day. Agreed. Do you remember watching this episode for the first time when it first aired? No. I remember really early on, um, I think I do, like, I remember my bedroom at that time, like, when I, you know, like, I feel like I have the memory of watching this for the first time, yeah. Because I remember seeing the promo for this episode with, like, the most vivid scene that sticks out to me is the scene where we see the ghostly footsteps at night and the wind chimes falling down. I remember seeing that, that promo on Disney Channel and being so excited because this was the first episode that had aired in a long time. So I hadn't been sure that they were still making new episodes. It was so weird at the time. So I remember being really excited. There is some kind of uh, creep factor to it, uh, which is good. It says trying to figure out uh, what the ghost is or who the ghost is. Annie being out at uh, out of the bedroom at night trying to figure out uh, what the noises are coming from. I think it's really refreshing that our monster of the week is a good old-fashioned ghost story. Yeah, I was going to say that. It feels really dark. Like, it, it's kind of going back to basics a little bit. And it's cool that it kind of centers around the concept of, like, Margaret going there to see Thee. Yeah. Let's start off talking about the voiceover scene. Because this one differs from the traditional So Weird, where it's a voiceover with some sort of history lesson behind it. Where we open up with Annie, Carrie, Jack, all watching this horror movie while Molly's working on something at the table. And all the, the both of the guys seem totally bored, and Annie's the only one into watching the horror movie. I really love that just Annie is invested in watching a scary movie and that she's the only one being scared by it and Jack and Carrie think it's lame. I think it's so fitting with her character. I think that kind of mirrors Alex's uh, real feelings about horror films. I think she's just not into it. I just yeah, remember I'm... hearing that she gets scared by uh, them. Well, I know that she like recently was putting on her Instagram stories that she had seen the movie It, and she really liked it. Huh. So, I don't know. And then she does dark roles. She really does. Uh, One weird thing that I saw in that voiceover, though, did you guys notice that Molly was wearing glasses while she was getting some reading done? Since when does Molly wear glasses? Since she's three, episode 15. (laughs) Like, I've never seen Molly wear glasses before. It seems so weird that they just randomly appear now. Maybe it's Mackenzie wearing them. 
And well, what was she doing? Like studying her lines or before she went on? Maybe. Well, maybe, maybe. Like I feel like I've seen her wear them at some point. Now we'll have to like go back and look. But also, her character is like getting older. I don't know. It's season three now. Molly needs glasses. <laughs> I don't know. And then another thing that strikes me as odd is that Margaret shows up completely unannounced. Molly says that, oh, she's an old family friend, but I haven't seen her in like 15 years. And she's able to show up to the house unannounced looking for Fee. But if she's able to know that they had moved houses and exactly where to find them, how does she not know that Fee's away at her aunt's house? Well, um, I caught that... What she said was um, Margaret and she hadn't seen each other for four years and they hadn't talked for the last couple of months, but that Margaret had been living in Sarasota, Sarasota, Florida for the last 15 years. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, but they hadn't, they hadn't spoken for the past couple months. So she does still talk to Molly when they were in the kitchen scene. Um, Molly says all of that, that we haven't talked for a couple of months and she's known my family for ages. She's lived in Sarasota, Florida for the last 15 years. This still seems, strikes me a little bit odd, though, that she knows that they moved, but Molly didn't tell her that he's not with them anymore. Like, as a mother, when you're talking to your friends, like, wouldn't you want to talk about what your kids are up to? Especially if she's an old family friend. Right, and she knows enough about Fee and been around enough to know Fee's into the paranormal, so it's like, if they were talking a couple months ago and she told her the new address, she she should have known Fee wasn't there yet, but maybe she didn't realize, like, the long term or how long the term was, because they hadn't spoken in a few months, I don't know. Yeah, or maybe she was just old and forgot. Yeah. Yeah. That said, I really love the character Margaret. She was one of my favorite side characters ever introduced to the show. Probably my favorite side character from season three in general. She is such a gem. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, uh, of the things that this episode got right for me, it's definitely Margaret. Yeah, she's bubbly and funny. Yeah, I just uh, love how quirky she is. Yeah, and she's actually still acting. She was just in a project um, this year. It was Fifty Shades Freed, which is like what the third movie in the Fifty Shades trilogy or whatever that is. And she was also in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. But it's sad to note that um, the man who plays her husband, Walter, he's played by David Glenn Jones. And he um, started acting in 1971, but he died in 2013, September 19th of 2013. And he last acted in 2005, so that's a large gap. He was retired. Hmm. What's the name of the actress who plays Margaret again? Uh, Maxine Miller. Yeah. Okay. She I- was also in an epi- the pilot episode of the TV show Party of Five, which was a popular show in the 90s. And I rediscovered Party of Five when I was in my high school years. And I saw her and my face instantly lit up. I was like, oh my god, it's Margaret. She's back. And I was so happy to find her in something else. She has a really long filmography. She's been acting forever, like since the 50s. 
Yeah, I'm uh, looking over right now and uh, saw that she was in Kyle XY, which I was really obsessed with when it was airing. And also Smallville. Yeah, so I like from this intro where you said it was kind of different than the other intros. Um, she says that the fact of the matter is, Annie says, that ghosts come in all shapes and sizes. Because I thought it was funny that, like, she's a ghost, but she hugged Molly, like, and they squeezed, like, she hugged tight. That's one of the problems I have with this episode. Like, it's a good uh, concept. I love the concept, but I just don't feel like it's executed properly, which honestly describes most of season three episodes, but yeah. yeah. I agree with you there. Well, maybe, like, she just really had such unfinished business that she materialized. Like, she really forgot that she died, that she was, like, material. Maybe. Or it goes by, like, ghost rules, like the Patrick Swayze movie, where ghosts are able to, like, physically impact the world if they tap into certain power. Yeah. Especially if they're so psychically powerful, but they aren't even aware that they're dead and they think they're still alive, then, like, how much more so would they be able to affect the physical realm and, and, you know, trick people into thinking they're still alive? I feel like I've seen a similar plot line somewhere else. Maybe Ghost Whisper, I don't know. The plot definitely seems familiar to something else. And I thought it was funny that, like, she goes to the store and she goes shopping for, like, stuff for chili. It's like, okay, so, like, the lady in the cart next to me in Walmart could be a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Another section of this that has really stood out in my mind over the years is the scene where right after Margaret has arrived and she announces that she's going to be staying with them for a while to hide out from this ghost that wants her dead is when Carrie acts as a TV presenter and turns to Jack and goes, tell us, Jack, what do you think about the ghost trying to kill Mrs. Joyner? I don't know, Carrie, why don't you ask Annie? She believes in ghosts. And then Margaret comes in and says, he's a smart girl. He's a smart girl, too. You have smart girls in this house, Molly. <laughs> that scene is so deeply ingrained in my mind because back in the early days of YouTube, one of the first music videos for So Weird that was on there that I saw was... To the song Smart Girls, which is actually by Anne-Marie Montad, who did some music for So Weird. And it is a brilliant music video of a lot of funny moments from the series. And that is the introduction before it goes into the music part. It, oh my god, it's so good. Everybody should go check it out. It's still up there. Huh. Yeah, I, like, I like those music videos that they made to her songs. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, I like the part where she says, um, I've never been one to invite myself over, but I have to invite myself over. I thought that was so funny. Like the way she delivers her lines is so like on point and that it really comes off quirky and, and funny. Yeah. Wow. I love Margaret so much. I want there to be a fan fiction where Margaret and Mad Max meet and get married late in life. I feel like they would be a very good couple. (laughs) (laughs) I would not have thought of that, but, uh, yeah. Well, they're both two of my favorite side characters. They're both quirky, elderly, single. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they would be a good match. 
Now, is Mad Max the one from... Singularity. The baseball episode. Oh, him, yeah. Oh, that would be funny. Yeah. But she's already dead. No, she's not. I wonder how long she was a widow before this episode, or before she died. Yeah, all we see is a picture of, like, her and Walter with Molly, and Molly has long hair, so it's from, like, when the kids were little. But, um, yeah, who knows? Speaking hmm. of romance, though, there yeah. is a lot of Molly Carey fodder in this episode. I noticed that. Like, right in the beginning, Carrie's there, and you just have to wonder, why is he there? Is he there to hang out with Jack or with Molly? And then the next morning, Jack seems annoyed that Carrie's back, barging in for their breakfast time. Like, mm -hmm. why is he even here? And he says that he's here for Molly's Spanish omelets. And she's totally cool and tells him that, oh, you're welcome here for free meal anytime. <laughs> it, it just feels like something is going on between Molly and Carrie. Like, season three is the reason why the Molly Carey ship exists. It was never like this in season two. In season two, it was still, like, Mrs. P. But now it's Mall, Molly. Something in their relationship has changed. The subtext is yeah. there. Yeah, I remember throughout uh, the podcast of seasons, when you guys were covering uh, season uh, one and two, and I'm like, okay, just wait till season three. There's a lot for the Carrie Molly shippers there. <laughs> yeah. Like, if it wasn't for season three, I don't think anybody would have thought of the Molly Carrie ship. Because yeah. even the founders of this movement, the defining moment for them was in the episode of Voodoo when they locked eyes. Yeah, I don't personally uh, ship them. To me, it's just a little bit too weird, but I can see why other people would. I guess I kind of do. Uh, like, it does kind of seem like he's waving his thing around a little bit in this episode when Jack does, like, notice noticeably, like, seem annoyed that he's there. And he, like, goes, well, I'm just going to get, um, you know, a bowl of cereal to start it off. That scene right there when he looks at Molly and then he looks back at Jack and Jack is like, whatever, dude. Like, it's yeah. it's almost like he's, yeah, like he's trying to show, like, I could be here whenever I want, Jack. Like, your mom likes me. I know. Me. It feels like a stepdad, your stepson. Yeah. Likes. I noticed that this episode a couple of times. Because he's always wanting to come and eat their food. And I actually noticed, I'm like, how much kids take advantage of their parents. Like, all of that food is coming straight out of Molly's pocket. You know, like, yeah. she is paying for all those kids, like, with her career. And he always comes over and just eats her food, even though she pays his parents parents to like for all of them to survive. And then he comes and eats her food too. <laughs> Honestly, well, kind of she doesn't pay them enough then because they can't afford to feed their kids. Yeah, I do the same thing uh, with I will go over to my friend's house and she lives with her mom. I once I'm there, it's like my house. I'm eating all their food, uh, and yeah, it's. Oh, well, it is like that when you have friends so close, they're practically family. Yeah. I think well, it's the case with the Phillips and the Bells. And it's okay sometimes, but 
Well, I guess it's different because as we've seen from previous episodes, like Fountain, Carrie has been with her his whole life, basically, like around Jack and with the Phillips family. So, of course, he feels comfortable. He feels like it's just his house, too. Yeah. yeah. So moving on with this episode, the creepy stuff happening is that Margaret keeps getting these messages, you're dead popping up everywhere. Like alphabets in the cereal, spelling it out for her, knocking mm-hmm. a bowl of buttons down and the buttons magically spell out you're dead, steam from the kettle coming on and fogging up the window and then it's spelling out you're dead. Just the message is everywhere and it terrifies her. Do you guys think, like, is that more of a creepy thing or is that too, like, juvenile and kind of wacky for so weird? I feel like it's somewhere in between. I liked it. Like, I remember being, like, really stumped the first time I watched this episode that, oh, she's dead. You know, like, when I was young, I didn't pick up on that and I just thought this ghost was following this old lady around. But I guess after you hear it so many times, then you kind of pick up on what's happening. But I did think it was funny with all of the bad shots of your dead. Like, clearly somebody put, you know, like, put those buttons like that or made the chili or the cayenne pepper, like, look like that. But then when she poured all the cereal in the bowl, there was so much freaking cereal in there. Yeah, that was just bad (laughs) editing. Yeah. Like they should have showed her eating, included more of a conversation, and then she looks down. Yeah, and even after that scene, like when it spans away to switch to the next scene, her bowl is like full of cereal again. And it's like, but we just saw that there was like no cereal and milk in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, watching it as a kid, it did get to me though. I remember feeling like, oh no, this lady is being threatened right now. (laughs) And then the ending I thought was pretty effective because it's a unique take on the whole Casper the Friendly Ghost mentality. Uh, This ghost isn't being malicious. He's trying to do his wife a favor and just inform her that she has passed away and hasn't noticed it. And I did like the writing of the episode for this age group that it's, you know, for because, like, I like how they strategically placed early on in the episode where she says that she had made a promise to him when they were young that they would be buried right next to each other and she like never broke a promise to him and then it just kind of moves on from there but then finding out later that um you know the mistake of why she's still alive I really like how that tied everything together. Yes and that even ties into the episode grave mistake literally she was mm-hmm. put in the wrong grave yeah one thing i don't like though is the timing like walter said that she died five days ago and she was buried in the wrong grave and i'm guessing the mistake was fixed that's why they i don't know but five days is an awfully short time period like i I feel like most people would have a funeral and then they get buried after the funeral. Well, the funeral is usually the same day as the burial. Well, she also said she didn't have any family. That is true. But, um, yeah, it's just timing for me. It's like, yeah, but maybe since she doesn't have any family, they did it quicker. So did they say if the 
issue was ever fixed of like her body being moved to the correct grave or cemetery? I don't think they fixed the physical body, but at the end of the episode, they fix her spirit and that her husband helps her enter the afterlife. So that's a resolution, but that's a good question. Yeah, because Annie would fix it and like write a letter to the cemetery. You'd hope so because you know how like that scene with Molly and Jack when they're like looking at photo al- albums and talking about how you know she knew Molly when Molly was little then they randomly find that brochure for Somerset Lawn Cemetery and then when her husband comes he says that she was actually placed in 12 Oaks Cemetery. Yeah. But- I looked up both of those cemeteries, and I didn't find any cemeteries with either of those names on Google. Well, of course you wouldn't, because they would have had to make it up in order to avoid litigation. Yeah. But I am glad that you mentioned that scene of Molly and Jack looking through photo albums, because that's such a cute, wholesome moment between those two. Yeah. I feel like we don't get enough Molly-Jack bonding in the series. Even in season three, when it's just Molly and Jack. Yeah. That's a moment in the episode that I really like. Um, it was cute. Any other highlights from this episode? I really like the quirkiness of her lines when he says, you died from a heart attack, and then she's like, that really hurt. <laughs> or, she's like, boy, did that hurt. Yeah, and that he, one was great. And then he said that her spirit refused to go to the afterlife. And it, I guess it was because of the promise, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it uh, really reminded me of a Ghost Whisperer episode because there's all these, uh, at least one or two episodes in Ghost Whisperer where the spirit cannot move on and go into the light until uh, they realize they're dead. And for some reason, it just doesn't click with them, even though they can't uh, talk to anybody except for Melinda, who is. V's aunt, but also the main character, Ghost Whisperer. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's a very interesting thing. Thy, like, thy word is thy bond kind of thing. Yeah. The one thing that bothers me about the ending, though, is that Annie's the only one who knows the truth. I feel really bad for Molly at the end, because after Annie witnesses... Margaret's spirit going off into the afterlife with her husband, she has to tell Molly, like, oh, Margaret left in a hurry. So then it's going to break Molly's heart when she learns the truth. Yeah. And the date that she died. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just a loose end that's left hanging. The writers are like, nope, not going there. We're never telling Molly that her old family friend died. Right. That's funny because it when she does find out, it's going to be probably a long time, like years or so. That's going to hurt. Well, just think. She's never finding out because the Siri is never being renewed. Mm-hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But it was funny, like, I liked Annie's face when Miss Joyner was crying in the room, and she did a good job crying, and her screams, like, when she was startled, like, they were really like blood curdling screams. Like, I really liked her voice. I think she had like just the perfect tone of voice for this type of acting and this type of drama. Yeah. But um, when she's crying, like Annie comes in the room and when she's like, "Oh, 
no matter where I go, the ghost is going to follow me. And then Annie, like, mind you, Annie had already done the research and, like, looked back in the photo album and saw the picture of him and stuff. And then she um, she already knew that the ghost was the husband, but she just went and did her homework. Like, she didn't even go and tell her. She's just letting her stay downstairs and cook. And then she's like, uh, uh, like, the way she looks to the side when the old lady is crying. And then she's like, it's your husband. Like, she tells her, like, really nonchalantly and really late. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Maybe she had to figure out a way to say it. Because that's something... I just feel like it's something that's hard to tell somebody. Yeah, it seems like a really delicate matter. Yeah. And she's all crying, and Annie was like, it's your husband. Like, geez, like, stop crying. Like, it was funny. <laughs> that's because Annie is so bad at doing the fee thing. Yeah, and I thought it was funny, like, when she saw the ghost go into Margaret's room the first time she runs and goes back to her room and pulls the covers over her head. If that were Fee, Fee would have been like, who said that? You know, like Fee would have yeah. not just ran to her room. Fee would have made sure she knew who that ghost was that night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Fee would have run after the ghost too, so yeah. <laughs> and I love Margaret so much for being there to see Fee and being so upset when Fee's not there. Like, I feel you, Margaret. I feel you so hard. Right. Yeah, when that was happening, I'm like, yeah, I feel like everybody is going to agree with that. Yeah, and it was like fan service in a way. Yeah. Just like, where's Fee? Oh, darn it. You know? <laughs> but it was yeah. cute the moment when she said, like, you have smart girls in this house, Molly. Because it kind of gives you the mind that, like, oh, Fee lives there. Don't forget, Fee lives here. You know? Like, she's Which coming home. Which still bothers me because Fee doesn't live there. Fee never lived there. She is going to come home to a new house, and it's never going to be her room. It will always be Annie's old room. Oh, my God. I just thought of that headcanon. And she's going to be, like, so pissed off that Molly sold their house. That or yeah. she'll be like, whatever. Like, I grew up and moved on with my husband and had two boys. Like, whatever. Yeah. I can see that. Right. That was a joke, by the way, because Cara Delizia, you know, went off and got she married. <clears throat> I wonder, like, the show does just, like, kind of push that to the side of how that would make Fee feel, you know, because that house meant a lot to the Phillips family. Yeah. I did want to talk um, a little bit about the ending. Mm -hmm. I, I liked when the very last scene when Annie is in the room, the guest bedroom where Margaret was staying, and then she pulls the covers back and Jack like thinks she did it. Like oh, he's like, oh, you're busted. Is this where you've been practicing? Which was kind of funny because it's like, okay, this is her bed. Like, um, was that Annie's bed? He was in Annie's room, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then, so I guess he thought she was practicing in her bedroom, but then she lets him think, like, oh, yeah, it was me, you know? <laughs> it was me that was putting your dead and all those things to hurt that old lady, like, and make her scared. It was me. Yeah, you're right, Jack. <laughs> yeah, it's a total Johnny moment that I loved. It was funny. I was like, but then the look he gave her, he was like, 
like, oh my God, do I know you at all? But um, I can't believe she let him think, like if, you know, if you really think about it, she let him think that she was the one antagonizing that old lady for no reason. Yeah, when you look at it that way, it sounds terrible. But I, I thought of it more as like, she just doesn't want to get into an argument with Jack. Because yeah. Jack can be so stubborn. And yeah. it's something that it has always annoyed me a little bit. The fact that he has to find a logical explanation, even if, like, it turns out into accusing Annie of doing something like that. Like, he puts his need to be right above what he thinks of other people, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was funny, too, that he said he liked Miss Joyner, even though she's kooky or whatever. But yeah. The whole time she was running around screaming that ghosts were real. Like, why would you like her, Jack? <laughs> yeah. I think it just amused him. Well, once somebody's gone, like, you always say, oh, I like them. Yeah. Or maybe it amused him that she knew Molly when Molly was young. Yeah, he did say that. Crazy. It makes me think, like, did she know Rebecca? <laughs> Probably not, because neither do the season three writers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right? Sad day. On the ratings, then? Yeah. Okay. Ratings time. Melissa, how would you rate this episode? Huh. I feel like I would give it like a 6.5 to 7 just because, while well, I do like the quirkiness of it and uh, all that. I still have my issues with it. Like, like I said earlier, it's a good idea, but not executed well. No, for me. Yeah. Jimmy, what are you, what's your take? I feel like I want to give it like an 8 out of 10, just because I did like the way it was executed, only because I felt like the house was an actual character in this episode. I feel like you get to see a lot of scenes of how pretty the new house is, and the pretty colors of like the yellow walls and the beautiful bar with all the fruit and the seasonings on it. I don't know. It just makes me feel nostalgic for this season. And this episode showcased the house really well, like as a character. And I like that. And um, I really love the acting, um, you know, by Maxine Miller. She did really well as, as Margaret Joyner. And, um, Sadly, um, you know, we never got to see her in an earlier episode or a later episode, but she did so well in this one. It was like a staple. So, yeah, I guess an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I would give it like a 7.5, maybe an 8. This does stand out as a solid season 3 episode for me. It's funny. It goes back to the So Weird Roots of the Ghost Story. It has all these mentions of Fee. Margaret is a total gem. And we get lots of Molly Carey action in this one. Mm -hmm. I think that what it loses points for me is the fact that it's a season three episode. <laughs> Annie is never as good of a ghost hunter as Fee, and she never will be. <laughs> but I do remember finally seeing the promo for this episode, seeing those footsteps walk across the room, and getting that excitement of like, yeah, so weird's back, I can't wait to watch it. I really miss being able to look forward to season three episodes. Yeah, are the footsteps uh, included in the intro, like or the theme song of the season, or not? 
I feel no, like because it's too late in the season. That would be a perfect uh, thing to have in the theme song. Yeah. If there were a season four, it probably would have been included. Yeah. It's montage worthy. It is. Now I want to find that old promo. I know, me too. I might have it somewhere. I have lots of promos. You have everything. <laughs> well, not everything. Like, um, you know, I am missing some stuff. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just seems like you have everything. I try. I try to keep track of everything. I really do. All right. So now we're going into our feedback corner. This first comment is from Miss Saya on the episode Still Life. Thanks again for reading my comments. I love your podcast, and don't forget next year the Disney streaming service is coming. So let's cross our fingers and have hope that So Weird will be on there. Also, I haven't seen The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina yet, but I can't wait to check it out next on my list of things to watch. It's just one of those things I might like. I used to watch The Constantine Show before it got cancelled. That show was pretty dark and had some disturbing images. But I enjoy it, and Sabrina gave me the same vibes as Constantine. So I really hope I end up liking it when I check it out. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that feedback. I'm really hoping that Disney does include So Weird with that streaming service, along with all the other original shows. Because it's a pity to just let them go to waste. And yeah. please, if you haven't checked out Sabrina yet on Netflix, do it because it is so good. It's mm-hmm. radically different from the original, but I think that makes it all the better. Because if it was... Going the comedy route, it would never live up to the original. They took it in a totally different direction, and it's really cool. Yeah, I love that it play, pays homage to the original Archie comics, but with a gothic twist. It's really good. I have not checked it out yet, but I'm thinking about it just because I watched Riverdale, and it takes place in the same universe, so... Okay, second comment. This one comes from Gracias uh, on the detention episode. He says, this is the episode I remember the most, how they had to write on that chalkboard until the chalk was all the way down to almost nothing. And the watch, I don't know, it made me never want to get detention, that's for sure. Yeah. I felt the same way. This episode made me fear detention so much. So thank you guys for the feedback. We really do appreciate each and every comment. And it's awesome to see so many fans still de- dedicated to the show after all these years. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. So one other announcement I think that we would all like to include as part of this podcast is that Alex Alex Johnson has been tweeting out some information regarding her sister McKenna. Yeah. You guys want to? Yeah. Uh, So McKenna, she's uh, 24 years old, and she was just uh, diagnosed with stage 3 cervical cancer. And there's a GoFundMe where you can go donate uh, whatever you can to uh, help with medical costs and all that. Right now, it's at about $6,000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So please go and donate if you can um to help this cause uh, our hearts really go out to alex johnson and her family and mckenna our prayers are with you and 
We wish you a very speedy recovery. So if you can go and donate to help this cause, um, to help McKenna Johnson fight cervical cancer, please do. Yeah, maybe we can uh, put the link down and the links down below. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a really important cause to signal boost. Alex Johnson has single bo signal boosted it. Mackenzie Phillips has signal boosted it. So we're asking you guys as well, if you are able to help out, please do so. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, okay, thank you. Any other announcements? Uh, I'm thinking Disney is probably going to be rolling out the the streaming service earlier in the year rather than later, just because everything is coming off of Netflix, it seems like, all the Disney stuff. I we'll see. Be so awesome if we could get this show back. Yeah. So if that's everything. Yep. Yep. Thank you once again for joining us. This has been the latest episode of the So Weird Podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Melissa. And I'm Jimmy. Keep the faith and never give up on So Weird. So your boyfriend beats the hell out of your face. And you kick him out, but you let him in the very next day. And you ask for advice, because you know I will stand by. But sometimes I do wonder why I tried What you need to get over Have you never seen old crying? And you want to travel, want to see the world But you're wrapped in jeans because you are from a strength cause you know I am your friend but I can tell if you don't help yourself smart girls can be so stupid what do you need to get over have you never seen Drama in the